Is it possible to build a photography business when you're a military spouse and mom of two young kiddos? What about pursuing a vision of what you want your photography business to look like that others don't get? I'm so excited for you to meet Connie Lynch, a student of mine who I wish I could bottle up and spread around the world. She's just one of those rare people who lift you up as soon as you meet them. Today, we're chatting through what it's like to break away from your parents' example of success to become your authentic self. You'll also hear Connie's tips for managing your schedule like a boss when you're growing a boutique photography business, have kids at home, and want date nights with your hubby. Meet my student, Connie Lynch. So the real question is, how are portrait photographers like us able to run a profitable business and still put our families first without selling digital files for cheap and working all the time? I'm Sarah Petty, your host of the Worth Every Penny Joycast, and I went from a stressed out, overworked mama with three babies to being named one of America's most profitable photographers without working my kids' lives away. Each week, I'll show you how to find and serve boutique portrait photography clients in a world where we compete with free thanks to everyone having a digital camera in their pocket. Take the first step to adding more joy and profit to your life by downloading your free photography business tools at joyofmarketing.com forward slash podcast. Connie, I am so excited to be here with you. And I just got to spend two days with you here at my studio where my peak performance coaching students come in and we get two days together and you were just a light. Everything you said, you were lifting others up, you were jumping in, just being around you is so amazing. And I just, I'd love to bottle you up for the world really, and, and just give you to everybody, which is why I'm so excited that you're here today, because I want your story. I think it can really inspire others and help others with their struggles, right? Because I think everybody's always looking for what's the magic answer. And I think that they'll realize there isn't a magic answer. And also that they don't have to be like Sarah Petty, right? Because we're all mm -hmm. so different. But one of the things you said that really resonated with me, and I've heard you talk about it before, you talk about your dad and you had an amazing dad, but he worked a lot. Will you share that story? Sure. So my dad is also a small business owner. He's an architect. And uh, we grew up in a single income household. My dad ran the business. My mom worked for him. And I always look up to him because he worked all the time. But he worked all the time to a fault. I've, as an adult, come to realize. He didn't get to come to any of my sporting activities. He barely made my high school musicals because he was working to provide for us. And he was doing what he felt was right. Um, you know, staying there from seven o'clock in the morning until 11, 12 o'clock at night, rarely saw him. He didn't come to church because he was so busy working and really pouring himself into the business to make sure that he could provide for my mother, myself, and my two other sisters. And I realized during our immersion that uh, all of the self-sabotaging that I was doing was my fear of success. And I was afraid of being successful because the only definition of success that I'd seen from a small business owner was my father's version of that. 
and running a successful business. Now he's been in business for like what, 26 years now. So he, he's doing something right, but his right wasn't right for me. And I realized that if I wanted to be successful, at least this was what I had originally thought, that it meant I had to spend all of my time working, never getting to see my kids, never getting to be involved with them. And uh, I guess I internalized that and put it in this little bubble inside of me that always kept me from going over the edge, from pushing myself, from actually trying to advertise or trying to be busy because I was so afraid that if I got busy and became successful, that I was going to end up like my dad and not ever see my kids or at least see them on the terms that I wanted. Did you have another career path? Did you go to college thinking you were going to be something else? Or did you always think I want the freedom and flexibility to be an entrepreneur like my dad? I went to school for photography, but I swore up and down that I wanted to be a freelancer. I wanted to work for other people. I didn't want to uh, be my own business. I wanted the flexibility without the responsibility <laughs> of running my own business. And I did that for a while and realized I hated it. <laughs> Yeah. And th that's not a magic answer either, right? Mm -hmm. Because mm -hmm. <laughs> there's no big paycheck that someone just sprinkles on photographers. Mm -mm. So you found yourself getting into your photography career and now you have a family. Yes. Talk a little bit about your own family. All right. So um, I have a, um, a wonderful husband. We've been married almost 10 years and he is in the military and I have two boys. I have a seven-year-old who is in second grade and I have a four-year-old who just started pre-K. So two little boys. Um, <clears throat> with my husband being in the military, uh, there's a little bit of un you know, uncertainty with if he's going to be deployed, if he's working here, and also uncertainty with income. And that was one of the biggest reasons that I decided to become a student of yours was to try to no longer rely on other people <laughs> for income and to try to finally rely on myself. You started this business mm -hmm. and you were going along kind of in the shoot and burn model when you started. Oh, yes, I was. <laughs> <laughs> which then you kind of find yourself in that workaholic place, right? Oh. Chasing the next dollar. Mm -hmm. And then were you having those feelings bubbling up like of, of like, I, I can't succeed. Like you find yourself working on the weekends and doing the things that you totally didn't want to do. hundred um, percent. I was trying to work so hard to find the next job, to make the next mini session work, to try to find the next wedding or to find another company that I could freelance for. And I was putting so much into something and getting so little back. And um, <clears throat> I think I was really afraid that if I wanted to be successful, I was going to have to do like triple that, you know, and it was so overwhelming and it just, it wasn't rewarding anymore. I was getting so burned out and not really liking what I was doing anymore. And also not wanting to sort of succeed because mm -hmm. it was like that internal battle with your own self, right? Of, yeah. oh my gosh, this is so scary. It's what I want, but is it what I want? Yeah. I, I had other friends that had their definition of success and they were photographing, you know, like 150 weddings a year. That's basically like 
almost every weekend. That's why I want to be home with my kids, especially because they're in school. I don't want to have to just shoot weddings. I don't want to just work on the weekends and do mini session after mini session. And that was the definition of success I'd seen with my friends. And they were doing the same thing as my dad. And I'm like, I don't, I don't want that. I don't want to spend every waking moment focusing on my business when I want to go apple picking with my kids and, and get pumpkins or um, yeah. make cookies, you know? Yeah. So you stumbled upon boutique. Did you? I did. Yeah. And <laughs> what, what, talk about that a little bit. Were you like, wait a minute, <laughs> I can uh, actually do what I love and like have, be able to put my family first. What is this? Yeah. Uh, I had been thinking about going boutique for a couple of years before I actually dove into it. And the biggest thing that I had was my other photographer friends like, nope, not going to work. Nobody would do it. Not going to do it. Constantly poo-pooing me, shooting me down. And uh, the thing that made me take the, the dive into it finally was uh, the threat of my husband coming off of orders. And if he um, came off of orders and we didn't have a form of income, he was going to have to mobilize and go overseas and do a deployment. And I was like, well we've got a year for this. And so it was like the, the do or die moment standing on the cliff of like, you know what? I got a year. And if it doesn't work, I guess he's going to mobilize. But if I don't try something different and see if I can make this work, then I'll never know. And I, I didn't want to have that regret of saying, well, I was doing the same thing and it didn't work. I needed to try something different. Yeah. I think almost it takes everybody getting to that point where it's mm -hmm. like, I, I, I'm going to have to go get a job or, yeah. you know, like this either, cause it's not working the way it is. And mm -hmm. so figuring that out. And so you've converted to boutique, not that then layering COVID on top of that. I mean, you've got little, little kids at home. So talk a little bit about how you're juggling, um, work this new boutique model with, with your boys and your husband and talk a little bit about that. Uh, so the boutique does seem like a lot of work and there, there definitely is work to it. Uh, but I've learned to schedule and plan my day out and coming from a person who's very just, I'm going to do this, do this, do this. It, it took a little bit of time, but now I know I, I, I don't feel guilty working because I only am going to work for, you know, these couple of hours while my kids are doing school. And then I just go from the computer and I'm able to spend my evenings with the kids and have a date night with my husband. It's funny, I'm, I'm doing better now with my business in this model and still having more time for my family. I'm actually having date nights with my husband and you know making dinner with the kids. And when COVID happened, I think it ended up being the best worst thing to happen for my business because it forced me to actually buckle down and look at my numbers, see what was working, what wasn't working. And took me from just being this photographer that was constantly chasing leads to a photographer that was planting my own leads, like going out, doing work and following people on social media. And instead of just being this person wishing that work would come to me, like going out and looking for it. And uh, when we hit phase two, my phone immediately started ringing. And uh, I started getting work and jobs coming in after COVID and my phone never really rang when I was shoot and burn. I was always chasing down people, trying to find something. And uh, 
now with with COVID still, you know, it's going to be here for a while, it seems. Um, I was able to, am now still, manage that, manage my kids, and even with those, I guess, what stipulations with COVID, still making it work. Yeah. Uh, being flexible. <laughs> yeah, I think, you know, a lot of photographers are struggling right now with their schedule and uh, trying to make, you know, balance that. And, and there's, it's never super easy or perfect, but it seems like you're really finding a way, like, how do you make sure that you're getting your work done so that you can be with your family? Do you have, are you chunking it out into hours or days or afternoons? Um, I'm chunking it by hours. So I do like my editing when my kid is doing schoolwork, my, when he's, you know, schooling from home, because I can get up and get down and do that. And then on uh, Thursdays and Fridays when he's in school, that's my day when I get my marketing. I do things that I can't get away from the computer from because the house is empty. So I'm learning to, you know, block out that time for it. When he gets off the bus, I get off of the computer and we, you know, we make dinner together. We hang out. We do like movie nights We're we're watching the Great British Bake Off now. And now he wants to bake cookies all the time because of it. And we couldn't do that before. And uh, even planning like time for family on the weekends, you know, making my, my Monday, I don't feel like working on Mondays. So Monday is my day off since I work on Saturdays. So Saturday and Sunday is my weekend. And uh, before I learned that it was just sitting down whenever I felt like I had a free moment and then feeling guilty because that free moment was when my kids were free. And now I'm learning to set boundaries with myself, set boundaries with my clients for having my working hours and giving myself the okay that yes, I need to do this work, but I'm not taking myself away from my kids for the entire day. It's only an hour. It's only two hours. I love that because I know a lot of photographers struggle with that guilt, guilt of being with your family when you should be working and guilt of working when you should be with your family. It's like, it's a never ending thing. And, and it, it seems like you are really good at like, okay, this is what I'm doing now and being fully present to my business and fully present to my family. And it sounds like, is your hubby so happy with your new business model? He's been <laughs> singing boutique from like the rooftops. <laughs> Aww, I love that. Yeah, he, he says he sees like a completely different person now, both as me, as just Connie, and as Connie, the business owner, of just taking control of things and not being reactionary, just ah, ah, trying to do this and trying to do that, but actually planning things and following through with them and setting myself up for success. And he's, he, he said he can't believe the change that just going boutique and what it did for me, you know, it's awesome. I love it. And something that brings me to something else cool that you said when we were together, you were saying, well, we were talking about like really owning your identity. And, you know, I think sometimes people look at me and they hear me and they say, well, but I'm not like Sarah Petty, right? I, mm -hmm. I'm, I, I'm just, I'm a different person. And you, you were talking about how I realized like I'm a different person. I can own who I am. And your hair now <laughs> is blue green. I've seen it all different colors. Yeah. So talk about that realization that like we say, be you louder and the right people will come to you. And I love how you're really owning like, I like myself and I'm not trying to be someone else. I'm me. 
Mm-hmm. Um, it wasn't until I, I hit my 30s, uh, you know, grew up very conservative and trying to be someone to please everybody. And uh, it wasn't until I realized that I needed to stop pleasing everybody and just please the people that liked me the best and be my, my most self. Um, and realized that when I was most genuine was when I attracted the people that liked me for who I was and not because I was pretending to be something I wasn't. So it went from being this, you know, kind of cookie cutter person to uh, now my hair's purple and now it's red and dyeing these different colors and getting funky colored glasses. And I got a tattoo. I pierced my nose, <laughs> you know, did my mother like it? No, but she accepted it. And, and now, you know, going back to my dad, his, his clients is like, Oh, tell us about your daughter. What color is her hair now? (laughs) I love that. That is awesome. And, uh, that feels good because we always talk about like boutique, you can make money and put your family first. But what I believe to my core is that we all want to just be our best self and put our best self into the world. And don't you feel like you're living that right like as a mom as a wife as a business person like your true authentic self it feels good doesn't it oh gosh yeah uh I feel like like you said I'm I'm finally me I'm not being the person who either I thought society thought I needed to be or the people I used to work for said that I had to be no I'm me I own myself and all of my quirks and the strange things that some people might think that I do that's okay. I'm not for everybody, but the people that I am for, I am the perfect thing they need. Yeah. Which that's a really, I hope you all who are listening, just write that one down. You are perfect for the right client. You are just the way you are. You don't have to try to be anyone else. Connie, where do you live? Um, I live in Long Island. So I live about an hour and a half uh, east of New York city. Okay. And how long have you been there? I've been here for 10 years. With the threat of deployment with your husband, does that make it hard to make connections or do you fear like we might have to move, we might have to leave, or do you feel pretty safe where you are? I feel safe where I am now. I've gotten a lot of confidence of reaching out to people and telling them about what I do and how I can serve them and help them and how my business can benefit theirs. Um, I think for a while I used to panic because all of my family is out in Western Pennsylvania. So I felt like I didn't necessarily have support or if he goes away, oh, I have to move. I can't make the money to live in Long Island. And I don't, I don't feel that way anymore. I know that if he goes away, I'm going to be okay here because I've gotten better at reaching out to people in general, both professionally and personally. And now if he goes, it's okay. I can, I could, I could make it work. And I've learned to be flexible and learned that sometimes the the hardest things are the most rewarding. So like going through boutique was, Oh, it was hard. Lots of tears over making my price sheet. I remember looking at that Excel sheet and just crying. (laughs) Um, But putting all that work into it paid off. And so now I know I I can do anything if I put my mind to it. I'm, I'm not afraid anymore. If you did have to move, how would you feel about your business? Do you feel confident you could start up somewhere? I know that's not ideal, but I'm just curious. Yeah. 
good now. Um, I've got a lot of really good tools about um, how to network with people. So, you know, if we had to move due to an employment, we would usually get at least a little bit of a heads up. So I could start trying to find business owners in that area and start trying to build connections, trying to find places like my local chamber of other small business owners and start that networking. Um, would it take a little time? Of course it would, because moving anything's going to take a little bit of time, but I really feel like I would be okay wherever I go because I was giving a solid, like, system a solid way to run a business that I think I would be okay yeah I love that how do you think you got to that point or, or like do, do you remember a moment where you're like I can do this right instead of I that that whole guessing or like what I'll try this I'll try that like when do you think that happened and how did you get to that point uh, that happened for me in the end of May, beginning of June of this year. And it went from, I was doing all of these things, planting all of these seeds, watching little things happen and nothing was happening. Nothing was happening. And that feeling of impatience and what am I doing wrong? And then all of a sudden people started calling. People started responding to my messages. These people that I had been trying to connect with for a while finally started coming back. The phone started ringing. And it clicked because I'm like, oh, this doesn't happen overnight. It does take time. But I was starting to reap those benefits that I'd started doing in March and April when COVID happened. And then people were saying like how much they loved what I did and the services that I provided for them. And then it happened, you know, I got a Julie and then I had another one and another one. And then I was seeing consistency in my numbers. And it was like, all of those things started happening around the beginning of the summer. And now I'm like, yeah, I got this. I know that with every client now, I can expect a certain number for you know what they're gonna invest. And now I'm trying to push for higher goals where before it was like, ooh, I don't know, it happened once or twice. Is it gonna happen again? And now I'm like, no, I know I can do this. I've got the consistency. I've seen it work and what did you do on the dark days when you were, when it was hard, when you were trying to overcome the self-doubt? How did you um, navigate that? So I did talk to my husband about it and he was, he was supportive. The people that helped the most were the people in the peak performers group. Um, I have a, a couple of good friends that I went from with the beginning, you know, my friend Drew. <laughs> Yeah, and uh, a couple of other friends in my small breakout group and reaching out to them and being honest, like, guys, I'm having a tough day. This is what's going on. And they were there to help me realize that it was it was my head trash talking. It wasn't really what was going on or I was blowing it out of proportion or, hey, it's OK to have a bad day. And how can we pick it up? What can we learn from this? Where can we go? So on those really dark days. It was just reaching out to my community and just saying like, hey guys, I'm having a bad day. Can you, can you help lift me up? Can you help me figure out why I'm feeling this way? Don't you look back to before you had those other photographers who believe what you believe? How did you even survive? Because back when you were all alone, remember when you were shooting burn, your, your photographer friends were all saying, you can't do it. You can't do it. Like pouring all that negativity into you. It was, it, 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 and I didn't realize how much I was feeding into that as well. And now when I, when I would talk to them, it was just constantly, oh, well, yeah, okay. Okay, nope, that's not gonna work either. And just how that negativity lived inside of me and just kind of ate away. And I just became like sad person. And for me to be sad is weird. 
And I, I didn't realize how much they were affecting me until after I started boutique and I realized I don't talk to them anymore about business. I just treat them as friends and business talk doesn't go with them because they just poo poo and they shoot it down and they weren't helping me. They weren't giving me the right mindset. All they were doing was just feeding. So, oh yeah, you're having a bad day. Well, screw them. Or they're not doing that right. And not trying to fix or help. They were just like, meh. (laughs) Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And please thank your husband for us, for his service. And because of your business revenue and your income right now, he gets to stay home with your two little boys, correct? Yeah. Yeah. He went off of orders last month and he's still here. Which is so fantastic. (laughs) I I just know military sacrifice so much for us. And when you have small kids and especially with every, all the extra challenges of COVID that just warms my heart that he gets to be home with his extra, Mm -hmm. extra happy wife. Yep. He, he said his dream now is just to be the manager for my business. He just wants to work for me. That's all he wants oh. to do. He's so excited and so proud of what I'm doing. He's like, it's, it's it. I'm in, I'm all yours. Oh, that's amazing. Well, Connie, thank you so much for being here. And I hope that at a future event, everyone can come across your path. You will know her when you see her because of her beautiful colored hair and her bright sunglasses and the smile on her face. Um, and the the light she brings to every single room. So thank you so much for being here, Connie. Oh, thank you, Sarah. I almost forgot to share one more thing. Since COVID hit and turned our lives upside down, I've been closely studying a group of photographers whose businesses haven't crumbled. And what I found was surprising. For those who've been successful, it didn't matter where they lived, whether their kids were in school or they had to juggle online learning or how long they've been in business. It was really fascinating and I became obsessed with figuring out what they were doing differently than photographers who were really hurting. I dug around for months and I found nine different paths these photographers took to keep profits up. Then I mapped all nine paths out. I know I'm a geek, but I thought it would help you if I shared them. So as my holiday gift to you, I've put together a free overview happening this week. I'm going to go through all nine paths with you, but then here's the really cool part. I'm actually going to do a personal assessment of your business that will show you the weak spots you need to focus your attention on in 2021. The assessment is customized to you. The only catch is I can only do this with about 100 photographers at a time. So if you're not going to let COVID kill your photography business in 2021, grab a seat at joyofmarketing.com forward slash assessment. And I'll see you live on this limited edition training. If you're listening to this podcast after the fact, go watch the recording. It's still going to benefit you and you can still do the assessment. 